Welcome to Ask the Expert with noted radio host Steve Sleeper. Each week, Steve interviews entrepreneurs and professionals and shares their intriguing stories of success and service. Now, here's radio veteran Steve Sleeper. Our guest today is Christopher Kane. He's an attorney in Portland, Oregon, and he helps folks going through bankruptcy. Uh, Chris, how are you doing today? Having a pretty good day. How are you doing today? Yeah, same here. Not, uh, not, not, not bad at all. Hey, uh, Chris, tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, you, you know yourself and your firm. Well, let's see. I've been an attorney for about 23 years now. Actually, in about four days, it'll officially be 23 years. I was sworn in the bar on April 21st, as remembered. <laughs> um, I've been on my own for about almost 13 years now here in my office in Northeast Portland. And uh, my prior, primary specialty has been bankruptcy during that whole time. Before I started my own practice, I worked for a uh, law firm in Northwest Portland, and that's all we did was bankruptcy when I was with them. I learned from one of the best, from Kent Snyder, which is who's a very well-known bankruptcy attorney here in Portland. And it was a small firm in an old Victorian home in Northwest Portland, and uh, so I learned a lot about the business of how a small law firm works. Decided to go out on my own in 2005, and uh, been here ever since. The rest is history, as they say. Right. I'd also do a few other things. I also do some estate planning work. I also help people with small business entity formation, help people set up LLCs and S-Corps. And I also do some work for some real estate investors in the state of Oregon as well. But the majority of my practice is bankruptcy. Yeah, and that's what, bankruptcy. Right, and that's what we decided we'd talk about today. So, okay, right. let, let me ask you, uh, in general, what is bankruptcy, and more specifically, Chapters 7, 11, and 13? Well, in general, bankruptcy is an opportunity for consumers and small businesses just to wipe the slate clean and eliminate most of their debts, if not all of their debts, and get a fresh start. It's kind of the real the key words there is getting a fresh start, get a second second bite of the apple. Some for some people, a third or fourth bite of the apple, depending on what's going on. Um, the, the U.S. Constitution gives us the right to file bankruptcy. It's a it's a federal. Bankruptcy code is a federal code, and uh, so it's all federal law, and every every jurisdiction has its own local rules, but it's all uh, governed by federal law. Um, I represent mostly individuals and, and married couples, as well as some small businesses. And uh, as far as Chapter 7, 11, and 13, Chapter 7 is the most common type of bankruptcy. It takes about 90 days from start to finish. I actually filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy myself back in 1998 after the first time I tried to be self-employed and didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and um, Chapter 7 is the most common type where you can usually wipe out most of your debts. You have a trustee appointed to your case whose job is to liquidate any non-exempt assets you have. However, with the exemption laws that we have available to us now, it's very rare that anybody ever loses anything in a Chapter 7 case to the trustee. A Chapter 11 case is uh, for corporate bankruptcies, that's the kind that Donald Trump has filed 150,000 times, <laughs> his companies. I don't do Chapter 11s. It's a whole different ballgame. And Chapter 13 is a debt restructuring program for, for individuals, for consumers. That involves a three- to five-year payment plan that you get to get into. We make a monthly payment to a bankruptcy trustee, and then that trustee distributes the money amongst your creditors, depending on the plan that we get approved by the court. And there are a number of different things you can use 
Chapter 13 to do, for instance, to catch up mortgage arrears, stop foreclosure on your home and catch up the mortgage payments. Sometimes people have some income tax issues. We can help them deal with the income taxes, get rid of some of those taxes, and use a three- or five-year payment plan to pay those taxes off and no interest and penalties. Sometimes if you have expensive assets, you might stand to lose in Chapter 7. We can protect them in the Chapter 13 case. And for some people, if your income is above a certain level, you won't qualify for a Chapter 7 case, and Chapter 13 might be your only option. And also, if you file a Chapter 7 case within the last eight years, Chapter 13 is your only option as well. So that's a real brief breakdown of what the differences are. Yeah, good information. Uh, so why does a person need an attorney to file bankruptcy? Well, the typical bankruptcy case, even the most simple of them all, involves about 47 pages worth of documents you have to file at the bankruptcy court. Details are very, very important. And also, to, to enable yourself to protect yourself, make sure you can hold on to all the property you have and uh, follow all the rules that are imposed by the bankruptcy code. It's pretty tough to do it yourself. People do manage to do it sometimes in a Chapter 7 case. If you file a Chapter 13 case, on your own, they call it pro se. The judge almost always tells you to go out and get an attorney. Chapter 13 is very complicated, and you're in the case for at least three years. Yeah, there are a lot of real uh, real detailed rules that are involved, and uh, almost every time I see somebody file a case on their own, because like we, after you file the case, you have to go meet with the bankruptcy trustee about a month after you file the case and have an in-person meeting. And so when I'm sitting there watching these meetings, and almost every time someone files their own case, the trustee sits there and shakes their head and says, hmm, we have a lot of problems here. And they end up having to redo a lot of the documents. Um, that's the thing is there's just a lot of details that are involved, a lot of important rules you have to follow. And if you uh, mess something up, sometimes you don't have, don't have a second chance to fix it. Get it done the first time, get it done right the first time with an attorney is going to be a lot less stressful for, for you to get through the process and move on. It doesn't have to cost a ton of money to file bankruptcy also. So, you know, we, we, we've talked about a few things and what a person should look for in a, in a bankruptcy attorney, somebody who's experienced, you know, knows what they're doing, detailed-oriented, you know, that type of thing. Uh, is there sure. anything else we should look for in a bankruptcy lawyer? I would say look for someone like myself who has some compassion for your situation. In some of these bigger law firms, you walk into the big fancy office, you'll sit there with the paralegal for most of the time you're there, or they're just asking you questions and gathering information, sit down with a lawyer for 15 or 30 minutes um, who's never been through a situation like you have. Uh, oftentimes, they're just gathering information, and they say, come see me when you have money in your pocket. You know... Attorneys like myself who actually have been through it or have the time, make sure they have the time, make sure they have the time to spend with you, really understand your situation, get to know you as a person, and really understand what you're looking for. You know, sometimes bankruptcy is not the best option for people. More often than not, when someone comes to see me about bankruptcy, almost every time, that's what they need to do. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes I can find other solutions for them that they don't realize are out there without hearing it another person telling a story to another person hearing someone else's perspective on things, you know. Um, for instance, sometimes I'll meet with people who are in what's called a judgment-proof status. Typically, that's the uh, older person whose sole source of income is Social Security. You know, if all you have coming in is Social Security, you don't own a house, don't own any significant assets, you live in a retirement home or wherever it is, 
your creditor goes out and gets a judgment, they sue you and get a judgment against you, they can't take your Social Security money from, money from you, whether it's on the bank account or not. No one can touch that except for the IRS. So oftentimes, these people don't realize they don't really need to file bankruptcy. All a bankruptcy would do for them is to stop a creditor from calling them on the phone and sending them letters. For some of these people, that's that's what they want to stop because that's that really stresses them out. They just want to get rid of these things. But oftentimes, people realize, well, why go through this process? There's nothing they can do to me anyway. Um, that's the main thing I think is just find somebody who will spend some time with you to understand your situation and get to know you as a person and not just treat you as just another member, just another client. Yeah. Okay. Now let's, let's uh, use chapter seven in my uh, question here. Can, can all types of debt be discharged? Most types of debt can, but not everything. One big thing, which is a result of the 2005 Bankruptcy Reform Act that went into place that created the busiest year in bankruptcy history, uh, student loans. Student loans are never dischargeable, whether they're private loans or federal loans, unless you can prove, quote-unquote, undue hardship, which is an extremely tough standard. You basically need to be fully permanently disabled to be, to be able to discharge those loans, or if you're 80 years old, and of course, you know, don't have enough time left in your life to pay the loans off. It's Student loans are pretty much always non-dischargeable. Uh, some tax debts are not dischargeable. Some people think tax debts are never dischargeable. However, that's not the truth. Uh, most tax debts, if, if tax debts incur within the last three years, the basic rules of taxes are the taxes have been due for more than three years. If you file the tax returns more than two years ago, and there hasn't been any allegations of tax evasion, you can walk away from those taxes in bankruptcy. But the, the last three years, you can't. Uh, things like criminal fines, criminal restitution, they're not going to go away. Um, child support, alimony, which we call it domestic, well, sorry, domestic support obligations, under no circumstances are they ever dischargeable in any kind of bankruptcy. Those are the main ones that you're not going to walk away from. Now, in Chapter 13, you can discharge some kinds of debts that aren't dischargeable in Chapter thir- in Chapter 7, like traffic tickets and f- criminal infractions, things like that. You can take care of in Chapter 13 and not Chapter 7. But uh, felonies, misdemeanors, fines and court fines and restitution resulting from those kinds of things are never going away. Those are the main non-dischargeable things that people typically deal with. So can a person ever get credit again? Oh, sure. Yeah, in fact, it's kind of hilarious. After you file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, within a week or two, most people's mailboxes fill up with credit offers. In fact, every car lender in town is going to try to sell you a car and get you in there for their great sale they're having that weekend for credit-challenged people. Uh, Banks like Discover Card, Capital One Bank, they'll send you a credit application. Of course, you read the fine print on the interest rate is 30%, but uh, it's uh, a little too easy, actually, to get out there and get credit. Now, for most people, like people always ask me, will I ever be able to buy a home? Will I ever qualify for a mortgage? The typical standard is about two years after you finish your bankruptcy, you can typically qualify for an FHA mortgage. As long as you uh, do some things to get your credit back where it needs to be, don't get yourself back in another hole. There's a lot of information out there about how you can raise your credit rating and get it where you need to be. But no, it's not as tough as people think it would be. Okay, Chris, I'm curious. What's uh, what's the most common question you get? 
You know, the most common question I think I get these days is, I mean, am I going to walk away from these medical debts? Medical debt is a huge problem in America right now. I think almost every bankruptcy file involves some sort of medical debt. And I found the medical creditors, once they send their debts to collection agencies, at least around here in the Portland area, the major collection agencies that collect for the major hospitals around here are extremely aggressive. They will sue you in a heartbeat and they'll garnish your bank account, garnish your wages. They don't care what your situation is. So people coming, I see people coming in here all the time whose wages are being garnished by like some of these collection agencies and they really need to get that stopped. But there's some myth out there that tells people that you can't get rid of medical debts and bankruptcy, and that's not true at all. That's, these days, is a, a major question I'm asked every day. It's a major misconception that I see out there. Yeah, and this is, this is great information, Chris. Hey, what's your phone number? My number is 503-380-7822. And our guest today, uh, Chris Kane, Christopher Kane, PC. Uh, he helps people with uh, going through bankruptcy, and he does some other things as well. He's in Portland, Oregon. His uh, his website is ckanelaw.com. Hey, Chris, thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Ask the Expert with Steve Sleeper. Join us next time as entrepreneurs and professionals share their intriguing stories of success and service.